Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are in the book of Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible now. In the Old Testament. So it won't be any quotes of Jesus. No red letters. Though, like I said before, we may reflect on something Jesus says. So, without further ado, let's begin. Verse 1. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, came out against us. He and all his people to battle at Adri. So uh, the people we're being, that we're talking about now is the congregation that has left enslavement in Africa about 40 years ago before this point in the narrative. And they're headed toward the promised land, as it's called, Canaan, as it's um, officially called. Um, but also in modern times, it's called Palestine and Israel, the same, all the same area, the Holy Land. And it's reviewing the travels that the people took on their way during the journey to get there uh, from the time they left Africa um, to this point. Verse 2, And the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. And as always, forgive me if I mispronounce any of these. Um, and you notice how it's saying the Lord is having a conversation with Moses, even though that, like I said again and again, that contradicts other parts of the Bible, including the fourth book in the New Testament, John chapter 1. Um, but since this is how it reads, that's how we're reading it. Um, and it's naming off some of the other people who were there before the congregation arrived um, to colonize the area. There were already people there. Um, and um, that Sihon is one of the areas that they warred with and defeated on their way to the promised land. Verse 3, So the Lord our God also delivered in our hands Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we attacked him until he had no sur survivors remaining. So this is a contrasting picture or description of the nature of the of God of God in the Old Testament versus the God Jesus talks about in the New Testament and versus the God that Catholicism points to in the New Testament, not to mention all the other named and unnamed quote unquote gods and deities that are uh, worshipped throughout the Bible. The but in the case of this one in this instance, the entity being called Lord in this instance seems to be one that's all about war. Um, we saw how the people went from being uh, family uh, to tribes to armies um, to now um, a whole society set up with uh, order and everything in it and how they're um, moving around um, warring. It's a military industrial complex that's been formed around support of the religious of, uh, arm of the congregation. Verse 4, And we took all his cities. At that time, there was not a city which we did not take from them, sixty cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. So you can do a Bible search, uh, I'm sorry, a, a image search for a map of the area of the Old Testament, of the um, of this area that's described in the Old Testament to get an idea of where the people are at this point. But generally speaking, it's all around the 
Jordan River. That river is still the same name back then as it is now. Um, and the areas surrounding it. Um, but mostly the areas east and south of it so far. Uh, verse 5. All these cities were fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides a great many rural towns. So the people were apparently very valiant at war because they were able to defeat such a large area, says 60 cities. Um, but they did, defeated them, but they didn't just all settle in those cities and call it a day. Because remember, it's something like 600,000 plus men alone, of a certain age alone, not to mention all the others who are traveling with them that are passing through the wilderness on the way to the promised land. So maybe those 60 cities would not have been enough to uh, house all of them anyway, but that's not where their ultimate destination was meant to be. Anyhow, but some of them have decided to settle there. Uh, verse 6, And we utterly destroyed them, as we did to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. So it's a massacre that they're going through from area to area, massacring the people who live there already. You could think how America was colonized and pretty much done the same way. The people who were here, the indigenous, were uh, double-crossed, massacred, and poisoned, basically, and oppressed again and again and again um, while the native, the country was colonized. But not just America, North, uh, it, um, same thing pretty much happened in Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, and other areas of the world that were colonized. It's the same thing. It's just an ancient colonization that's happened um, that they're taking part in. Verse 7, But all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as booty for ourselves. So it's a different type of booty, but it's the same thing. It's something prized and treasured. It's the looting, basically. Um, and that's what they did. They defeated, they invaded the cities, conquered them, and then looted them. Verse 8, And at that time we took the land from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites who were on this side of the Jordan from the river Arnon to Mount Hermon. So again, this is east of the Jordan River. That's also lets us give us an idea where the, those two kingdoms were that they defeated. <clears throat> Excuse me. And lets us give us an idea of where the people are as they're moving toward their, um, uh, the, you know, the so-called promised land. Verse 9, the Sidonians call Hermon Sirion, and the Amorites call it Sinir. So, um, it's, the Sidonians is letting us know there's people from the area called Sidon, um, and, um, and the Amorites are the other people. And the Amorites are also the historic people also that you could research outside of the Bible and find out they're an ancient people also, um, but they're among the groups that were being uh, warred with and defeated there um, as they moved through the wilderness and moved on their journeys, I should say. Verse 10, all the cities of the plain, all Gilead, and all Bashan, as far as Salka and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan. So it's reiterating that those are the different areas they defeated in all of those cities. Verse 11, for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead is it not in Rabba of the people of Oman nine cubits is its length and four cubits its width according to the standard cubit uh, 
So uh, it's talking about the what it's referring to are the different literal giants, really, 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 really tall people that lived in areas back then. Also, um, it may show up. It may they may refer be referred to as the Rephaim in your version, in the version of the Bible you may be reading. Um, and the area that it's talking about, that Ammon, that's the same area that Lot, when he had the incestuous encounter with not one but both of his daughters and got them pregnant, when they um, had their children and their family and everything, they sort of occupied and um, and that area of the world called Ammon. And it exists in modern times. It's called, I mean, in the area, in the country, Jordan. Again, right around the river, east of the river uh, specifically. Um, and then the other part to notice is the cubits measurement. If I remember right, and I think it's something like 18 inches to 2 feet, it's the official definition of it, if I remember right, is from the tip of your middle finger, which is generally the longest finger, to your elbow of a man, uh, specifically. So about that length is how um, long a cubit is. Um, and if you notice, so if you, if you want to say, say, two feet, if it's nine cubits, that's 18 feet. It's saying that's how big the um, bed was, the uh, headboard. I guess that's what a bedstead is. I didn't look that up, but it makes sense. But it, it, it's saying that's how large the bed is um, that those people, the giants, the Rephaim, um, were would uh, reclining, would sleep in. It's just that big to let you know that's just how tall the people were. So if if one cubit is two feet and nine cubits would then nine cubits would be eighteen feet. That's how tall the person is. That's like two stories tall. Um so really, really, really tall abnormally tall people. So beyond just uh basketball player height, but like literal giants. Verse 12, and this land which we possessed at that time from Aurora, which is by the river Arnon, I'm sorry, Mon, Arnon, and half the mountains of Gilead and its cities I gave to the Reubenites and the Gadites. So those are the areas that those two tribes have, have um, taken as theirs to inhabit and colonize. Verse 13, the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, kingdom of Og, I gave to half the tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, was called the land of the giants. So, letting us know that that's a whole lot of giants in that area. So, I guess if someone wanted to research, say, like for museum or anthropology, anthropo anthropological studies, that would be an area of the world to uh, look for bones of giants. If they... Um, if you want to prove that they ever existed, it would be a tough thing to do now since that area is so disputed in modern times. Not necessarily Jordan, but the area called the Holy Land. So that if people did want to do sort of research right there or in that area, I'm certain there's so many hoops you'd have to go through. Because not only does it have many different names, Palestine, Israel, Holy Land, all those different um names that it's addressed by it also is controlled i would imagine by different by those different uh countries in different areas so it's not like you'd be able to have access 
to all those different areas just freely. You'd almost certainly have to go through all sort of diplomatic hoops to be able to begin to excavate any of that area. Um, especially since, and especially since they're built on what are called tells, like the city called Tel Aviv. The tell, if from what I understand, is where a, a city is built. Then say it's conquered or um, or um, uh, goes extinct. However you say that, it gets cleared out when the new. Generally, it's when it's conquered, like a war, and the people are killed and the area is conquered then when they build again they basically build right on top of that city they don't just um, uh, reconstruct the city so it begins to build up sort of a mound and so what looks like hills or mountains in different parts of the world are, are small hills and small mountains aren't actually hills or mountains at all they're what are called tells they're remains of cities built on top of other cities on top of other cities that existed before them for generations, centuries, maybe even millennia, just piled up one after the other, after the other, after the other, so that it begins to look like a mountain, but it's not actually a mountain, it's a tell. Um, verse 14, Jair, the son of Manasseh, took all the region of Argob as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Machathites and called Bashan after his own name, Havoth Jair to this day. So, um, just like in America, you'll see um, Pennsylvania named after the Penn family and so forth. It's the same thing. People took the area and then named the cities and areas after themselves. Also, I gave Gilead and Mashir. So, the area was divided up between those different tribes and um, of, the, of the congregation. Verse 16, and so far, that again, that's just on the east side of the river. Verse 16, and to the Reubenites and the Gadites I gave from Gilead as far as the river Arnon, the middle of the river as the border, as far as the river Jabbat, the border of the people of Ammon. So again, just setting out the borders for each of those tribes on that side of the Jordan. Verse 17, the plain also with the Jordan as the border from Shinnereth as far as the east side of the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, below the slopes of Pisgah. So a uh, biblical map would really help you to uh, sort of draw it out what area is being referred to here. But again, it's mostly basically just the east side of the Jordan River from the northern tip to the southern tip, uh, the different areas that are being occupied by those two and a half tribes. Verse 18, Then I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess, all you men of valor shall cross over, armed before your brethren, the children of Israel. So we, we that was a few chapters back in the uh, previous book where, um, or maybe it might have been in this, this book, but it was a few chapters back where um, why those two and a half tribes are on that side of the river. Since the promised land that they were sort of promised was on the west side of the Jordan River, not the east. Yet, when they got to that part of it, it, they saw that it was a good area for pastures and they had lots of flocks. So they decided rather than go ahead with the previously um, uh, previous plan to um, cross the Jordan and occupy the west side, the side called Palestine, Israel, in modern times, Canaan back then, they decided instead to just go ahead and settle on the east side. 
And um, and if I remember right, Moses agreed with that. And they all agreed on it, and 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 this is what's being referred to now that they agreed to it, but also agreed that <clears throat> excuse me for in, in exchange for them being able to set up settlements for their families on the east side of the Jordan. Um, they'd also have to, the men, that is, the warriors, the soldiers have to, the ones, the men, would have to cross over with the rest of the males to the west side of the Jordan River while they conquer the uh, people who live there and occupy their land. And then they would be able to return. But that may recover that. I mean, they, we may cover that in the next few verses, so I won't go too far into that. Let's keep reading. Verse... Um, 19 but your wives your little ones and your livestock i know that you have much livestock shall stay in your cities which i have given you so yeah this that's the agreement the men would cross over to keep fighting with the war but the uh, families would stay back in the settlements or future settlements verse 20 until the lord has given rest to your brethren as to you and they also possess the land which the lord your god is giving them beyond the Jordan. Then each of you may return to his possession which I've given you. So again, that's the agreement they made. You can have that part of the area, that region of the area if you agree, the, those areas that were conquered, if you agree to continue on with the war front with the rest of the congregation until they get the areas that they want. Verse 21 And I commanded Joshua at that time saying, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So will the Lord do. So will the Lord do to all the kingdoms through which you pass. So Moses sort of um, is encouraging Joshua, letting him know you've seen how the Lord has uh, conquered the areas that they've gone in and um, colonized, or are attempting to begin to colonize. And he's saying so be cool the lord's gonna conquer those other cities too the ones on the west side of the jordan river verse 22 you must not fear them for the lord your god himself fights for you so moses is giving him that encouragement because moses also has been given the death penalty that aaron his brother miriam his sister and the whole generation of the congregation that was 20 years old and above got that death sentence that for being rebellious, for being unfaithful, for having doubts, for being sassy, that they wouldn't make it to the promised land either. But instead, they were sentenced to die in the wilderness and for 40 years wander through it until they do die. And that only their young ones, 20 years and below, would be uh, the ones to enter into that um, promised land. And I'm sorry, it looks like we're going to enter into that uh, part of the story next anyway so I don't want to go too far with it so verse 23 then I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying so Moses also had his moments of um, having to go back and forth with pleading with the Lord also even though he was the only one according to the narrative who the Lord would sit and talk with or the Lord would communicate with face to face it says specifically as a man talks to his friend face to face not in dark sayings not in dreams not in omens but instead face to face it says and again that contradicts what the other part of the bible says and it also speaks to uh the nature of the relationship they're that close in the relationship 
between the entity being called Lord here, and again from now on, I'm just gonna from the rest of the reading, I'm just gonna say the Lord. Um, even though, well, let's. Uh, well, I'm glad I checked. God here is being translated from the word Jehovah, not the word Lord in this instance. And in this instance, the word Lord is being translated from the word Adonai. And I say that with mystery in my voice because we've seen it again and again and again change from different entities being called God. And even in that verse, God went from being G-O-D, all three capital letters, and being referred to as Jehovah, I'm sorry, being translated from the word Jehovah to the word God, all caps, G-O-D. Usually, the word Lord is what's translated um, um, from the word Jehovah. But in this instance, the word Lord, not all caps, is being translated from the word Adonai. And the word um, God is what's being translated from the word Jehovah. But strangely enough, you keep reading the word God in this same verse is not when it's not in all caps, but just capital G, lowercase o and d, God, is being translated from the word L, E L, but with an, uh, an accent over the E. So again, the entities, words, names being um, called God changes again and again and again throughout the Bible and specifically in the Old Testament. So make sense of it as best you can, but it seems to me it can't all be possibly talking about the same entity as one Lord God, especially not the Lord God Almighty, since it seems to keep changing um, sometimes from chapter to chapter, but for sure from book to book, um, with a whole different sort of personality or nature being attributed to the God or Lord in that um, in each instance. So in this instance, even though they were told to go and make all sorts of wars with the people before them and massacre them, and um, all of that being given as commandments from the Lord, it said, um, yet they also were given the command that thou shalt not kill. Um, yet they're being told to travel through the world, through the land, and kill. Um, but, um, oh, got distracted. What was it I was going to say? Um, hmm, slipped my mind. Maybe if I read it again. So let's begin, uh, verse 24 one more time. O Lord, our, o Lord God, you've begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? So Moses is reflecting on the time when he got the bad news that he wouldn't get into the Holy Land either um, because he made a misstep. Um, and that'll probably get reviewed in this chapter also. Um, so he's basically pleading with God, trying to um, butter God up a little bit and flatter the Lord with saying how impressed he is with how great the Lord was and the mighty acts and deeds that the Lord did. And, um, you know, sort of buttering him up. 4 verse 25, I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan those pleasant mountains in Lebanon. So Moses started with a little flattery and finished with the request, the request to go ahead and change your mind 
since why wouldn't that wouldn't be unprecedented we've seen the diet um, given uh, required by the lord change again and again and again so why couldn't the lord change the lord's mind in this instance and um, relent and say okay moses you've been faithful for these 40 years you made a couple of mistakes you but it's okay we're close like friends face-to-face friends okay i'll go ahead and let you in there even though i said i wouldn't i'll go ahead and relent and let you in the lord could do that and it wouldn't seem like it would be that big a deal since the offenses as the read pretty petty or pretty minor um but apparently they weren't because they were enough to get moses banned from the promised land so let's see how moses pleading works how it works out maybe the lord will relent and listen and hear it and heed it and go ahead and give him a break let's see verse 26 oh but the lord was angry with him on your account and would not listen to him so the lord said to me enough of that speak no more of me of this matter so if you've read with me before you know why you um why i shouldn't read it that way so let me just read it again. forgive me for reading it that way i'm going to read it one more time and the words that are uh, questionable i just won't say them i'll just skip over it and then we'll go back and and read why we read it that way because i don't want to risk changing it and offending in that way because that borders on blasphemy so what i'll do instead is we'll read it and like i said we'll just skip over it and go back and explain and if you want if you've read with me before you know why matthew twelve thirty seven will help explain why but um to read it again let's start verse 26 but the lord was angry on your account and would not listen so the lord said enough of that speak no more to me of this matter Okay, so that makes more sense, and I feel more comfortable reading it that way. So what um, Moses is saying, the Lord wasn't impressed with the flattery or with the praise for being so great and, and powerful. No, not at all. The Lord instead was still angry because of the people's uh, unfaithfulness and sass and would not listen to what Moses had to say, would not go ahead and grant his petition to get to go ahead and enter the promised land, which he faithfully led the people to, even though, like I said, he made a couple of missteps. He still got the people there and kept them together. He, Moses, and he, uh, Aaron, and Miriam, with the Lord's help, obviously, helped keep the people together for those 40 years. Yet that still wasn't enough. The Lord said, nah, you're not going to get in. And not only that, enough of that. Meaning, don't bring it up again. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's, it's, seems really really cold and harsh but um i guess it goes to what jesus says to whom much is given from him for everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more it's paraphrased or restated in the whole spider-man statement um with the with great power comes great responsibility so if you think of it that way moses did it seems like a harsh judgment to not let Moses get into the promised land for a minor, for something that seems minor. But when you consider it in the sense of what we just said about great responsibility, he was given great power and great responsibility. Even if he didn't have the power himself, he was given authority and uh, lots of responsibility to lead the people there. Although he never even asked, asked for that authority. In fact, when he when the Lord approached him 
uh, with the burning bush passage, Moses tried again and again to say, no, no, thank you. Send someone else. Send whoever else you can find. No, thank you. And yet the Lord wouldn't accept that for an answer and sort of made Moses, um, uh, compelled Moses to go ahead and go on the mission anyway, just like Jonah didn't want to do it in the first place, but still got forced to do it, or I should say compelled to do it. And so he did. And then after he did, does it, still ends up getting punished. And you see, that's what's happened with, um, well, in the case of Jonah, he ended up in the uh, fish's belly for those three days until he changed his mind and uh, and went on the mission. And in the case of Moses, the Lord uh, let him reunite with his family, his that he'd been separated from through uh, uh, um, because he was adopted. He was given away and then adopted by the Egyptians, the African people there adopted him. The daughter of Pharaoh adopted him and um, took her as, his, as her own. So he was separated from his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. But and when he wasn't, wasn't, when he was unsure about going on the mission of emancipating the people in the Lord's name, um, the Lord worked with him there and let him reunite with Aaron and let Aaron be his spokesperson, basically. And let Moses be the conduit to the Lord, with Aaron being the high priest, basically, to the people. And um, yet, the Lord doesn't seem willing to work with him in that way now. Um, telling him instead, no, don't talk to me about that. The decision's been made. I don't want to hear it. And, um, and, um, and moving on. Verse 27. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift the, lift up, lift your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. That just seems really, really cold-blooded to tell him, okay, you want to see the precious land? Okay, you'll get your wish. You'll get to see it. You just won't cross over and see it. So uh, the Lord's telling him, okay, you can go up to this mountain. Go up there and look at, look at it and see it with your eyes. You see with your eyes. You don't see it with your feet. So you don't need to actually walk over there. You don't need to cross over there at all. You wanted to see it. You asked to see it. I'll grant your wish. I'll let you see it. But you aren't going to cross over to see it. You're not going to experience it. You're not going to make it. Uh, verse 28. But command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people. And he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. So really, really cold. Seems like it's pouring salt on the wound for um, the Lord to be telling Moses um, it, it, to know you're not going to get in there, but I'm going to go ahead and let you know who is going to get in there and I'm going to let you know that you have to instruct him and train him just like I was saying before. It's like you find out that your company has a new hire and you get to train the person. Only it turns out the person you're training is, and the new hire is for your job. So it, and you're expected to go ahead and still be faithful to the company and train them well and teach them everything you know, or at least everything that would help and benefit them so that they can do really, really well at the job you already have. It seems really, really cold, but, you know, maybe it's lost in the translation from the original language to here in English where we're reading it now, but it really seems cold-blooded to ask Moses to do all that after getting him to go on a mission he didn't want to do in the first place, a mission that took up the next four decades of his life, really seems cold. But 
in the big picture sense, I guess it's not, because even though Moses is going through all this, Moses is one of the few people who gets to make an appearance in the New Testament. That doesn't happen with all, with, all, I can only think of one other person, Elijah, who gets to an appearance, a sort of reincarnated appearance in the New Testament. So I guess in that sense, uh, Moses gets that reward. He just gets, he misses out on the reward of um, entering into and experiencing the promised land. But hey, at least he gets to see it. He has to go on one more trip, go up another mountain, and from there he can see it, um, but he's not going to get to actually experience it. Um, and he gets, like I said, salt in the wound of knowing that his um, replacement, Joshua, is going to get to um, lead the people over into the promised land. The last leg of the trip that he was originally commissioned to do in the first place. The trip that he didn't want to do in the first place. Um, verse 29. So we stayed in the valley opposite Beth Peor. So Moses got the bad news that he's not going to get to go into the promised land. Even though he led the people this far and got them there. Um, but instead he's going to um, make it to that point and go no far further. So that's where he made it to and went no further. And we aren't going to go any further with this reading because that's the end of the chapter. As always, thanks for joining me. God bless you for joining me. And please join me again. Stay safe and I'll see you. It looks like the numbers are rising again, by the way. Thankfully, hosp um, only hospitalizations so far, not um, deaths, at least that are being reported so far. But it's my strong hunch I could be wrong that both of those are going to increase over the next few months and the gas prices are going to increase over the next few months. The inflation is going to increase over the next few months all for the purpose of the theater to show that people will not or so that people do not vote for uh, any change. And I'm sorry, so that people do vote for a change in um, the Congress so that it will flip completely back over the other way. Whether it does or not, I don't know. I think that's what it's being orchestrated to do. It's so that it will flip the other way. That's why the president isn't doing anything more than talk about fixing any of the problems that keep popping up. That his own side seemed to keep encouraging and happening, and happening uh, whether it be the gas or the inflation or the wars uh, like Ukraine or any of that stuff. He's not doing anything to fix any of that stuff because he's not interested actually interested in getting reelected and his party isn't interested in reelecting him but he's also not interested in anything changing he told us that when he got reelected when he got elected in the first place that he means for nothing to um significantly change and that's the one thing the one campaign promise he's been true to sadly enough stay safe people i love you and i'll see you next time god bless you peace oh, peace be with you